0: Before I ever get to first priority details and what we're all about and our vision, one question I love to start with is, can you tell me about your current or past efforts to get on the local campuses? Yeah. Because what that does is it shows value that, listen, we're not coming in here thinking that you're not doing anything right, you know? And so it gives them the opportunity to talk about what they've previously done. But then it also, for me, it becomes incredibly valuable because what I I hear is what landmines I should avoid.
1: Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is first priority. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. My name is Steve Cherico, and I am glad you're here. I'm Brad Skelling. Looking forward to a good conversation today. We've got another
2: great show for our audience.
1: You're not glad they're here. You're just glad you're here. Yeah, I'm just asking.
2: I'm glad they are where they are, doing what God's called them to do, Facts. and fulfilling the ministry. Thank you, you very much. You spun that very,
1: very well. Thank you. I'm and very quickly. impressed. Thanks. You spun that well. <laughs> well, we uh, we have the good fortune of jumping into another discussion today that we wanted to invite you into as well. Uh, today, we're talking with our friend from Kansas City, Shannon Zabrowski. I was going to say, are you going to attempt his last name? Attempt? I've mastered his last have name. Have you? Oh yeah. Man, mm-hmm.
2: I'm impressed. I, I can't tell you all his family members' names, his kids and stuff, but I know his last name.
1: Shannon is the sharp-dressed man who is part of our Kansas City team out headed west mm-hmm. and uh, had some thoughts about just some things in terms of engaging the campus that we wanted to jump on the podcast today. But before I get too far, that's right, we do need to talk a little bit of story time with Steve. That's right. And story time with Steve is going to take a shift because I feel like you should actually talk about this one.
2: That's good. So
1: what did you call barking with Brad? What did you say? Bra- bragging with? No. What did you say? So if you ain't the Dutch, you ain't much, what did you
2: say? You're not much if you're not Dutch. Okay, there you go. Keep yeah. going. Now we're, we got something. Now we're, yeah. Okay. Now you're gaining traction. All right. Um, so story from Kansas City. Oh. It's uh, all Kansas from City today. All Kansas City today. Figured we'd keep it, keep it in the family. Um, they've been launching, this fall was their first launch. We just hired them over the summer. And in the fall, Shannon came on staff in September, I believe. Um, And so they've been getting things going at uh, Blue Springs. They had their first invite week right before Christmas break. And one of the student leaders who typically doesn't stand up and and volunteer quickly said, hey, I'd like to share the gospel this time. Mm -hmm. And it's always encouraging to me when that actually happens, because I talk about that often to say, hey, you know." assign students some things, get them, hey, would you want to do the welcome when you lead the game? You know, kids are sometimes tepid. Obviously, you get the loud outspoken ones as well. But um, there are kids who don't always want to do things right away. But here's the story by Christmas. They've been running for three months. They said, hey, can I lead the invite week? Then this student got up, um, did the gospel presentation right out of the book, right? Mm -hmm. Took the book, added some story to it, did that. Two students Uh, indicated on the response card that they wanted to begin a relationship with Jesus. Come on, man. So uh, our guarantee when we talk about our traction and our process Ah. is that when you um, equip students, unite the church, that the gospel is shared, shared, students will come to know Jesus. And yet again, we get story of that actually does happen. And it's not just a theory, but uh, there we go. The ministry works. I love it.
1: Love it. Love it. That does not get old. That does not it does not mm. you know the other announcement the other discussion point is that we need to talk about two things going on in our world the first is the scholarship yep. which we have mentioned a few times but mm-hmm. those of you are out there who are serving students who are serving campuses we have a scholarship that we give each year this year is 500 uh-huh. is that right it is and uh, there's plenty of information on the firstparty.club website so i don't want to spend too much time on it because we've talked a lot about it but yep. if you've not sent that link out to your graduating seniors um, who are looking for their Next, and Next has some options in it. We would yep. love to have you go ahead and do that. Yep. And then the second announcement is just the fact that we are headed back to spring meetings. Yep. And if you are connected to First Party in any way, we would love to have you there. Again, FirstParty.club will tell you a lot about what spring meetings contain, why they happen. I will just simply say it is a power pack, 24 hours. You get in at lunch, and you leave at lunch yep. the next day.
2: We just spend some time together building a relationship, probably go do something fun at night. Not that there's anything fun to do in Nashville or Tampa, but we'll, we'll try to find something. Nothing. And yeah, just building relationship with like-minded individuals.
1: Yeah. FirstParty.Club,
2: I highly, highly recommend it. Can I add one more announcement to the list? Oh, do you have a new one? I do have a new one. Go ahead. Uh, it's not something, it's something we've had for a while, oh. but we don't talk about it on the podcast and I think we should. Okay. So for, if you get on the FirstParty.Club website, you might've seen this before, but we do have an online training course to start oh, a club. Yeah. And so if you are somebody who's been a part of First Party for a while, or you have new people joining and you want to give them an overview, we we do charge 10 bucks. So it's a nominal fee just to get into the class. It kind of helps us keep track of of who's coming in and and gaining access to the materials. But it's just a start a club course. It talks about the roles, uh, student leader, faculty sponsor. Uh, club coach, things of that nature. It talks about uh, the mission and vision of First Priority, what we're trying to do, leads them through the epic cycle. Nice. Um, just a good summary overview. Even gets into the Equal Access Act and the legal legalities of how we accomplish what we're doing. So I think it's a good investment uh, of your time and your money if you're interested, even if you just want a little brush up on uh, the principles of First Priority, I'd recommend that to you.
1: Is it the sort of thing that I can purchase as a director for um, one of the young people or one of the guys that want guys or gals that want to get on campus, can Mm -hmm. I purchase it for them and send them a link? How does that work?
2: Uh, I'm assuming we could make that work. Yes. Cool.
1: Great. Mm -hmm. Thanks.
2: I don't know the exact answer to your question, but yes, we can make it work. I have someone in mind. That's Mm -hmm. what I was asking. Mm -hmm. You can buy him a $10 Visa card. There you go. I like that. (laughs) Just give him my card. There you go. All right. I'll take your card. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us about the, uh, the podcast today
1: we're jumping in with shannon today yep. out of kansas city so as was mentioned shannon's part of one of the new districts that was started last year and yep so there's a lot of learning for them yes uh and one of the things that they love to do under season is document their learning that it's true and so shannon uh hit us up the other day and said hey i've got six things yep that are really moving me Yep. as I help students connect to the campus. So specifically around navigating the conversation, how to work with larger churches in your yes. area. Yes. Right. Shannon
2: was the lead pastor and was uh, a family pastor, I believe at uh, large mega churches, 1500, 2500 yep. uh, member churches. Uh, so he just brings a little bit of knowledge and insight having been on the inside and wound it down to six
1: bullet points. Why don't you jump in with us and uh, and let him tell the story and then we'll come out on the other side. Sounds good.
0: I want to just have this conversation about how to best navigate large church structures. Uh, churches are, large churches are like any other organization. They have a structure for a reason. Yeah. Sometimes if we don't walk in with, um, at least the desire to figure out what that structure is. We're always going to be behind the eight ball, trying to figure out why we can't effectively partner with them because yep. we haven't taken the time to navigate it or or even understand some of the things that maybe we're not not understanding. And so I just yeah. have pastored in larger churches over the years. This is some of the insight I can hopefully bring to um, to the table.
2: Yeah. Well. Let. Um, yeah. Before you jump into the points, um, give us. Yeah. I know you're a pastor in Kansas City, right? You're a pastor of a large church. How long were you there? How large was the church?
0: I pastored here in Kansas City for about 10 years. Uh, the okay. church that I pastored was about 1,500 people okay. uh, when I left. so uh, And then, of course, I, I joined the team of another church, which was actually double that size. And so there's mm. often layers upon layers of teams and understanding how to navigate who does what. Uh, yeah. That can be a really big frustration. But the reason, I won't say the reason they're big is because they have teams, but as they grow, they have to have teams in order to yeah. beat that size. Yep. And so they have to have good leaders. They have to have good organizational structure. They have to have good communication. And uh, like any organization, there's going to be flaws because there's people. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to understand maybe how you can navigate them.
2: Well, and yeah, I, I think it's the timing of this is perfect uh, for many of our leaders out around the country. Um, so thanks for you know jumping in here and and sharing some of this stuff with us because yeah we don't all understand what the big church structure looks like and we we don't want to just write them off so
0: yeah yeah it definitely will take more time if 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 you um, don't see some of these uh, some of these things right in front of you but exactly uh, I put together a list of a couple of things actually it's six things and maybe we okay. can just do those
2: yeah jump in what's the first one
0: okay so number one is get a clear picture of the organizational structure. Uh, And so it helps to maybe just ask questions like, you know, how's your team structured? How's the church staff structured? Some of those things. And Mm. often church staff will be more than willing to talk about that because that's their life. That's what they do. They exist in it. Uh, But honestly, from my side of things, now sitting on the other side of the table, the one thing that it helps me know is how they value student ministry. Mm. And so for instance, if their student ministry is part of the custodial team, you know that they probably don't put a big priority on student ministry. And so you're going to be fighting that fight right from Mm -hmm. the get-go, knowing that if the church doesn't prioritize it, then probably you're going to have a hard time getting them to prioritize it.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: And so I would say that um, some churches build their backbone on the adult service. Some of them have family ministries that they build their backbone on, but it's always good to see how it's structured because it tells you what kind of value they place on the student ministry in particular.
2: Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Makes sense. I love it.
0: Number two, I would say determine who has the authority to make decisions. Hmm. And so I've learned this, and this is something that um, I existed in. But like a lot of times, a student pastor doesn't have the authority to make partnerships with First Priority or really any other organization. Uh, Often there's someone who um, has to kind of give the approval of that. Uh, And so or even give the ability for if I'm going to be on their stage, ultimately, they want accountability. So the youth pastor sometimes can't even make that decision by himself either. Yep. Yeah. And so when I find out like, okay, who, who do you directly report to? And do you have the ability to even make some of these decisions? Often, they'll say, well, I have to run it by my executive pastor, yes. or I have to run it by my family pastor. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, how about this? How about we have coffee next week, the three of us, and I can share vision what I'm sharing with you, I can share it with them too. So that way you're not having to be a middle manager in this situation. Yep. And so I just try to bring them in and enlist them. And a lot of times what I've learned is I end up being good friends with their uh executive pastor too. And that only oh, yeah. helps us in our cause as well.
2: Is it is it typically the executive pastor? Cause I know the church when when we visited, when I was there a couple of weeks ago in Kansas City, uh the executive pastor was there that night and and he made reference to that that he had met with the student pastor and approved I don't he didn't use that word, but yeah, he approved them him working with First Priority, and so has, is it typically the executive pastor? Or what was your? Um... So the
0: one church, one church that the one you were at with me, uh, that is the executive pastor. But at another large church I'm working with, uh, it's not the executive pastor. There's a family pastor that's okay. in there, and so the family pastor is the one that oversees all the family ministry. So that person yeah. is who makes the calls, and so just finding out who that person is because yeah. sometimes. It might look like the student pastor is stonewalling you, like not giving you a straight answer, when in I fact can't give you a straight answer, and so it's good yeah. to know. That. Yeah. What
2: does the lead pastor typically happen in some of those? Like in your two situations, or some of the ones that you're working with now, uh, where was the lead pastor in this role?
0: Honestly, they they don't have a connection at all. Really? Uh, there's just, honestly, if I have the opportunity to even see them or meet them or shake their hand and let them know who I am, um, that's a good thing. Uh, yep. but they're, just, they're not even in the loop. And so what happens is that executive pastor takes my information and he puts them in the loop, but it's generally, it's not the senior pastor saying you can't do that. It's that he just wants to be informed.
2: Yeah, sure. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. All so right. He's usually entrusted his team to make those decisions, which is a good leadership.
2: Correct. Model. Yep. Makes and, yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. All right, what's next?
0: And so the third one, this one kind of ties to the second one of what we were just talking about, but I say be as visible as possible. Now, I understand that we can't always, um, given our family situation, our personal life stuff, we can't always be in every church that we're trying to partner with. Uh, I happen to have that flexibility right now. And so what I'll often do is I want to show them value the same way that I want them to show me value in partnering with me. And so I'll go on a Sunday, maybe two weeks in a row, and I'll just, I'll be in their worship service uh, I'll sit through, you know, the, the senior pastor's preaching or I'll, I'll come to their student ministry before I ever even um, do any stage time or anything like that. And really okay. what I'm trying to do is I just I want to show them value that I care about their ministry outside of even what I'm trying to partner with them about. Yeah. And so that that for me, and then I always I'm very intentional to make sure that I shake the hand of the youth pastor when I'm there. Hey man, good to see you this morning. And then I just keep on walking, or I'm visible, but I'm not getting in their way. You know, I'm not trying to commandeer their time or anything like that because hey, that's their busy time. So
2: yep, makes sense.
0: Yeah. So if 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 possible, be visible because that just only adds value to the relationship of partnering with that church.
2: Yeah. And you said two weeks in a row. Is there something to that, or
0: anybody can do anything once you know, sure. in my opinion. So if you come two weeks in a row, you're being intentional and it shows, but okay. if you just come once you're just checking it out and then you're gone. I mean, it kind of feels like a visitor might be right. And so yeah, yeah. Two, weeks, two weeks in a row is more than a visitor. Okay.
2: That. Makes them take notice a little bit more.
0: Yeah. It just shows intentionality. And I don't think they expect me to attend their church, but it does show that I want to be there. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. Cool.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then number four, um, ask questions regarding their planning process. Okay. Um, whether it's services, whether it's sermons, um, anything like that, even leadership retreats that they do, because again, they're, they're a larger church. And so they're going to have processes. Yeah. And so this gives you good insight, but it also lets you know, when you walk into a smaller church, it's easier sometimes to get that, that stage time or that face time with students or leaders sooner. Yep. Uh, but with larger churches, they might be planned out for six months, yeah. You know, and so you're sitting there yeah. going, wow, I don't know if I can even, how do we do this partnership? If I, And so the next step in that is I find out, okay, what's the series that you're in right now? Oh, it's in this book. Oh, you know what? What what week are you talking about anything outreach? Or what week are you talking about evangelism? And they're like, well, that's the, like three weeks from now. And I'm like, well, how about we do this? Like you can, you can talk about it. You can preach your sermon, but how about I come up and just give an opportunity to show them how they do it then? So I'm helping them strategize. And when I help them strategize, I become part of the solution instead of just saying, well, how can I do this and leave them, leave them kind of hanging there, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that.
0: And so just strategize with them, find out what their planning process looks like. They have leadership retreats, they have, um, sometimes they'll do little conferences for their leaders, stuff like that. Yep just great points to interject in if you're able to, so.
2: But it reminds me of some language you used the other uh, week while we were in our quarterly meeting. Number one, we talked about this. Hey, we need to be thinking about the fall. It's January right now, but we need to be thinking about where we're speaking this fall. But, but you talked a lot about shared wins and that reminded me of that. What's a win for the church and for first priority and how can we partner together and that it's a win for both of us. And, and I think that's one of those places, right? Where if If we can jump in and give an example of evangelism right here in their own backyard in the school, if that's what they're talking about anyway, that's that's a shared win right there.
0: hundred percent agree. like they they care about souls coming to Christ. We care about souls coming to Christ. and so now we're talking the same language. And so yep. when we realize that we're on the same mission, it becomes a lot easier just to just to plan with them. so that's that's a right. good point.. That's yep. right. Cool. Uh, and then number five, uh, I would ask them, who on their team can you connect with to handle details? And so let's just say hypothetically, they're like, hey, yeah, we want to do this. You know, what, where do we go from here? What what we'll often do, we'll make the mistake of bugging the student pastor at a large church. Like, hey, what room can I use when I come and do my student training? Or, hey, what, yep. you know, what where's the service order? And honestly, that is not even his domain because he's got staff and admins that does that for him. Yep. And so when you don't hear back from them, you're like, what in the world? I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is I'll like, who's your admin? Do I have your permission to connect with your admin and just yeah. work through the details so then yeah. that won't burn you? And I've never had a student pastor say to me, no, that's a bad idea. No, I, like they always think that's a good idea because yeah. now it allows me to navigate in their team instead of burdening them with all the details.
2: Yep, that's right. And it's just going to happen without them having to put effort into it.
0: Right. and And I think the other thing too, is you show them honor when you ask permission to do that.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: You know, it's like, may, are, is it okay with you if I talk to your admin? Oh yeah, okay. And so now mm-hmm. I've gotten permission to do it. So
2: yeah, yeah, right. that would be
0: one connect with whoever handles details. And the last one I have here is um, ask who has direct influence in the students' lives. And so again, going back to the fact that it's a large church and it has layers of leadership. A lot of times I'm finding is that student pastors are the ones that get up on stage, they cast the vision, but it's yep. actually the adult leader team who has direct influence in the kids' lives because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are running the small groups. Yep. And so when I w- will uh, talk to a student pastor for the first time, one of the things I like to do before I ever talk to students is I want to talk to the leaders. Like, yeah. Would you give me an opportunity to just cast a vision with your adult leaders? And generally that's a yes, but what it gives me the ability to do is get them on board because if they're on board, then the students will be easier to get on board as well.
2: Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, and again, another example of that when we're in town, it's it's funny how much of this happens when we attend a, we attend a large church that you're speaking at on a Wednesday night, but uh, one of the small group leaders walked up and recognized Mark Robbins um, from the nineties, right? And he had been <laughs> serving in the youth ministry for 30 plus years yeah. around there, which means he he's connected. He knows people. He's influential with students, not just the current, but the, the former probably knows a bunch of teachers. And yep. yeah, I mean, that would be a guy who has connections and influence just as much as the student pastor does, um, who's only been there maybe a short period of time. I don't remember our specific situation, but yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, they're, they're often there longer than the student pastor, which is kind of a sad testimony, but uh, they're the ones that are the constants there. And the other thing, yeah. too, is then they become your club coaches because oh, like yeah. they're brought in and the, the, you know, their student, their their small group might be like, well, we want you to be our coach. Well, when the kids ask them instead of me asking them, that just is a bigger win, you know, no, she, I, I, the, the voice of God coming through kids, you know, I think yeah. it's a lot better. So
2: that's right. That's and right. It's
0: good that. to find out who has that influence and then request the audience with them. Maybe before yeah. we can talk to students. That's that's a good one. That's good. And then I have a bonus one. I don't know if you want me to go one more, Brad.
2: Let's go one more. I love what you where we're going. I'm sure bonus is uh is always good.
0: Uh, I would say, like, one question that our team figured out here in Kansas City, and maybe, you know, other teams are already doing this, and that's awesome, is that when I come into especially a bigger church, instead of, before I ever get to first priority details and what we're all about and our vision, one question I love to start with is, can you tell me about your current or past efforts to get on the local campuses? Yeah. Because what that does is it shows value that, listen, we're not coming in here thinking that you're not doing anything right, you know, and so yeah. it gives them the opportunity to talk about what they've previously done. But then it also, for me, it becomes incredibly valuable because what I, what I hear is what landmines I should avoid. Yeah, And so like if there was a failure, if there was something that happened and, and this adult didn't follow through or this happened and I'm like, okay, so I know how to structure my conversation with them in a way that's going to avoid that sore topic or, yep. you know, maybe I can highlight a strength, the first priority when maybe what they experienced was a weakness before that sort of thing. Yep. And so, yeah. Asking the question, like, what's your current or past efforts? What do they look like? And then finding out, like, how'd they work? You know, is it still working? Is it, did it fail? You know, those sort of things. And it's just, it's good insight to have on the front end.
2: I like it. I like it. Yeah. And you, we never know the history, right? Um, uh, I know for me, we, we catch the vision. We want to see the hope of Christ. We want to take the hope of Christ to every student. Um, But yeah, we're not the first believer in town. And God has called people to reach a generation for generations. So, Right. Um, it's one of the things the perspectives I gained uh, working with the national office is there are people all over the country not doing first priority who are trying to take the hope of Christ to every student. Right. They don't use our language, right. but they're, they're on that same mission. So somebody in Kansas City has has done campus ministry already and are still doing campus ministry right now. Right. So, yeah, to ask that question um, is very wise to start off that thing.
0: And, and in the best scenario, like there's an example right now, one of the churches I'm working with where they have a campus club that's not connected to any national organization. It yeah. was just a couple of years back uh, by a student pastor that was just very fervent for student campus missions. But the thing that I thought thought was so cool is he invited me to come speak for the club and there was like 60 students in the room. I mean, it was, wow. but the thing is, is that he, the leader is graduating next year and the question mark is how's the club going to continue because it has to be passed down every time oh, there's wow. one that graduates. And so mm-hmm. there might be an opportunity and I haven't walked down this road yet, but what I'm hoping for is maybe I can interject first priority into that conversation and saying, listen, here's a structure. Here's, here's the ability for us to strategize and do this and continue what you're doing, but you can do it yeah. under the umbrella of first priority if that's right. what you want to do. And so you learn about things that you never had, you know, you wouldn't have known about if you never asked that question.
2: Yeah. Or you showed up to that club because you asked this question. Yeah. And and you were invited. Hey, yeah, can I come check it out? And yeah, you never know where that leads. Right. Right. So cool.
0: That's just some of the stuff that I I just wanted to interject into the this whole topic of large churches, because it it can take quite a bit longer to build that relationship with them.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and especially like you're you're talking about, you started right off at the beginning with the organization. And um, I know for me, broad generalization, we'll talk about the lead pastor and the youth pastor. Right. Right. But there are so many more layers to it. They have structure, like you said. I'm learning that with first Party of America as we continue to grow. There's so many more um, pieces to the puzzle, and I don't disagree. When somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, who can I talk to about about this, that, or the other thing?" Um, hey, yeah, let's go talk to Christina or Janice or you know whatever the case might be, and and that helps me to keep know that because I trust my people, right? I I trust them as well, and. And yeah, this this conversation about the large churches is, um, it's insightful. So thanks what for the, putting this, this the, together.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. What, one of the complaints I would hear when, you know, being in the pastor role is that uh, volunteers at times be, feel frustrated by processes feel frustrated by structures that they have to navigate in order to do what they want to do. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, yes, it can be frustrating, but I, I know this from a, a certainty is that as a pastor, when there were volunteers that were willing to navigate those because they cared that much about what they're doing, those volunteers were so much more valuable because they wanted to be a part of the solution, be part of the system instead of wanting to bucket all the time, you know? And yeah, so, exactly when we come in and we can do the same thing, it's like we honor their systems and processes. If we would take the time to learn them, we just become so much more valuable in that partnership because they really appreciate the fact that we care.
2: That's right. That's right. Well, and that's what it comes down to, right? It's, a, it's no matter, it doesn't matter how complicated the organization is. It comes down to relationship and caring about the person you're sitting across the table from and uh, building your relationship and seeing where the Lord leads. So Amen. it's awesome. Amen. Good stuff. Well, thanks for uh, yeah giving us this wisdom and insights. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you or first party Kansas City, what's the best way for them to do that if they want to follow up with some more questions?
0: Um, you can put my email on the screen uh, when you edit this out if you want, and just um, they can connect with maybe an email or my social media is uh, Shannon Zab or Shannon Z with uh, as in zebra Shannon Z. Uh, which is my Facebook handle. But uh, either way, there's probably tons of ways we can do that. But if you want to just put my yep. email on the screen, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, because uh, it's your whole last name and we don't want to, we don't have time to spell that out, <laughs>
0: yeah. out. I don't want to make anybody have to navigate my last name. That's right.
2: Browski. <laughs> That's right. Ooh. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Shannon. Uh, and
1: uh, yeah, until next time.
2: Okay. Thanks, Brad. Well, Steve, that is very
1: helpful information. Yep. Probably uh, stuff that a lot of our folks have run into, but not put into a thought.
2: Well, that's it, that's the thing. I think it's putting it into the language that helps us to navigate it. I mean, it's as simple as you know, we make the assumption. I I said it to him that the we we just round it down to the we want to connect with the lead pastor and the youth pastor. It's because those are the two people that we we see. We don't see the executive pastor. Yeah. But even while we were at Life Church down in Kansas City, it's the executive pastor who made the decision to, to say, Hey, yeah, youth ministry, let's do this. Yeah. Let's send our students to the school as missionaries and see if they will come back with new believers. And, and, uh, that's what they're working on, but it was the executive pastor who did that. So I think it's just helpful language information, some good questions, right? Um, we kind of said that before we started recording, ask questions regarding this, ask who you can connect with here, ask who has direct influence there. It's a lot of questions to ask. Uh, to make sure you're not just bottlenecked at the youth pastor.
1: Yeah. And you've taken my point, the ability to just ask the right question, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: retain that feedback and then ask the next one, Mm -hmm. right? Letting them, you hate to say it, but the reality is people like their own ideas, Mm -hmm. right? How many bad ideas have you ever come up with? Not Mm -hmm. very many. Yeah. Right. Hey, watch this. Maybe that's a couple of them, right? But not very many. So the reality is if people think it's their good idea, they're often more prone to then be committed to it. Yep. So, the idea of asking good questions, retaining that information, and asking some more good questions to get to the point where they're like, man, we need to send our kids on campus. That's mm-hmm. our idea. Yeah. Yep, you're exactly right. It is. That's right. Let's get them on campus as missionaries.
2: Mm hmm. It's good stuff. Thanks, Shannon, for uh, sharing that with us this week. And thanks to you for listening, along as our listening audience. Uh, please pass this along if you know somebody who's trying to network with a local church in your community. Uh, via First Priority, uh, definitely pass this information along to them. Hopefully it's beneficial to them as well to say, hey, here's here's a few questions we can ask to help bring this larger church into our network. So pass this along. As always, give us a five-star review on the platform of your choice. And uh, until next week. till then. Thanks for listening.
1: Later.